Hello, friends, and welcome to another episode of the Justice for Marilyn Manson podcast. My name is Kelly. I'm someone who's come through abuse but took an interest in the Manson situation when I started doing my own research and realized, wait a minute, there is a lot that the media is completely avoiding about this situation. As I always say, transparency is key and something that's definitely not championed by the media. So when your schedule allows, I do encourage you to please visit justiceformarylandmanson.com where I make available for you a Google Drive with all the court documents that I purchase so you can read closely through all the arguments, testimony, and exhibits filed and form your own educated opinion. Today, We are continuing discussion on a pop singer, Jane Doe, whose case against Marilyn Manson started to unravel in September 2023 as it approached trial in Los Angeles County, California. I have a conversation I'm going to share with you with the lovely Claire View from YouTube. But first, a few facts to run down as some context and background. The first thing to note is that this May 2021 lawsuit filed by Jane Doe was first dismissed on September 14th, 2021 by an LA County Superior Court judge. The judge, however, did grant Jane 20 days to make amendments and refile. She did so editing her lawsuit to include argument of, quote, repressed memories, and that prompted it to succeed in entering discovery. The topic of repressed memories is one we've definitely covered before with Ashley Walters as well as Ashley Smithline, and it's an interesting topic to see her argue as well. Jane claims that while her abuse allegations are from well over a decade ago in 2011, she did not recall the abuse until, quote, repressed memories returned to her on a walk in February 2021. Paragraph 48 of her amended lawsuit reads as follows. On Friday, February 5th, 2021, plaintiff was taking a walk when she suddenly remembered the vaginal rape from 2011. Her legs buckled and she staggered as her memory came back to her. She immediately felt physically ill. Now, having been told by multiple licensed mental health professionals that I myself have repressed memories of abuse from childhood, I am well aware that this is something that is possible, although they tend not to reemerge as Jane Doe has described here kind of dramatically. Nevertheless, there are other factors that draw into question this claim of hers. One, a week prior to her so-called repressed memories returning, Jane Doe launched a PR campaign for a new pop song entitled Title Track that's lyrics are similar to her claims of abuse. Two, upon the song's release on January 29th, 2021, Jane wrote as follows on her social media page. Title Track is out now. This is the most personal and emotionally raw song I've shared. I can't tell you how many times I was told that I shouldn't write about my most painful experiences in sexual assault is too dark a topic to discuss. So it's interesting that she's writing a song about sexual assault, acknowledging that it's about sexual assault on her social media, but she's claiming that her memory of sexual assault didn't come back to her until a week later on February 5th. Furthermore, despite sworn written testimony that she had no contact with other Manson accusers. 
evidence disputes this, including September 15th, 2020 communications with actress Evan Rachel Wood specifically. The timing of these communications with Wood is interesting in general, given what was happening with Evan and Esme Bianco and Il Magor at the time as they prepped for filming scenes of their so-called documentary air quotes. Jane also wrote on her social media that she was plotting the end of patriarchy on September 1st, 2020, which seems to highlight where her frame of mind was at the time. Months later, though, on February 16th, Jane revealed that the music video for her song was filmed months prior. She wrote specifically, Quote, last August, I had the incredible honor of shooting the video for title track in the woods of Arizona. This indicates that once again, the idea of abuse claims was well on her mind much sooner than February 2021, as her lawsuit suggests. Ahead of trial in September 2023, Manson and Jane Doe filed a joint list of witnesses and court exhibits expected to be shown at trial. Manson's team produced 83 court exhibits, six fact witnesses, and three expert witnesses. Jane Doe, a much more modest 18 court exhibits, three fact witnesses, and one expert. Possibly to level the playing field, so to speak, it's at this time that Jane Doe motioned for the court to block Manson from testifying at his own trial, as well as multiple fact witnesses from taking the stand against her. And she motioned to suppress evidence, including her own communications that directly dispute her claim. But before the judge could issue a ruling on her attempt to block Manson's case from reaching a jury, Jane Doe dropped her claims with a settlement that potentially helped her avoid an embarrassing loss in court. In the settlement, she receives an insurance payout and not a single cent from Manson himself. And it's at this place that I'm now going to leap into my conversation with Claire. We've got a lot to talk about and I don't want to like cloud the conversation anymore with my yammering on. Claire is such a great conversationalist and it's really nice talking to her about different forms of litigation and different types of cases that are out there. And we certainly had no shortage of things to say about this Jane Doe case as it kind of unraveled before a settlement in LA County, as well as just how the media has approached all of this. Jane Doe's statement after the settlement was reached that she made to Rolling Stone magazine and a whole lot more. So get comfortable and enjoy another informal, great conversation with Claire. So the big news is hopefully people will have listened to the episode before this, but I'll tell people if they haven't to go back and listen to it because we're going to, we're going to ignore some of the stuff that we talked about in that and just assume people kind of know. But the, the, the big news is we've seen all this Jane Doe trial in LA getting pretty wild as it approached Mm -hmm. an early October trial and the hearing on her 
motions to block Marilyn Manson from testifying at his mm-hmm. own trial in his defense, as well as multiple other key witnesses, as well as um, some evidence sanctions. Anyway, there was a big hearing scheduled for Friday, September 29th, but we didn't make it to that. There no. was a settlement, which I, I, I'm i not un- unhappy about the settlement. My only criticism is I wish it could have come like after the judge issued a ruling just because yeah. mm-hmm. they put so much effort into those documents, of course, an expense mm-hmm. too. And I just out of I want to know nature was what what was his head thinking about this outrageous mm-hmm. motion of a plaintiff to say that somebody can't testify at their own trial mm-hmm. and I mean she really didn't bring a lot of solid arguments to back up her claim you know it's funny because she's <laughs> out there now saying oh but it has to do with months ago when I sat to my deposition well you could have settled it any time if that was the issue because mm-hmm. not her deposition happened quite some time ago i'll read her statement because Mm -hmm. i i have immediate thoughts as always but especially with these Marilyn manson women because we Mm -hmm. had to remember these women all went to the media before they even went to the police Mm -hmm. their claims were over a decade old they went to the media after making a big splash then they went to the police and then they filed civil lawsuits so the i would say they kind of didn't do things in the proper order but nope. trial by media definitely we've been talking about that for many cases but especially with this one so jane says she is a small time pop star i say small time i'm not trying to like bash her but when you say she's a pop singer people think oh it's like you know lady gaga or katie you know somebody like a household name She's a lesser-known pop star, and she and Manson briefly dated. He wouldn't even call it a romantic relationship in the court documents, which was funny. Um, Very briefly, very briefly dated in 2011. Since then, she went on to attend numerous events, not just running into him, but like events, his events that she Mm -hmm. would attend. She wrote songs basically about him and and all of these things. But um, her statement reads, I have never cared about money and only ever wanted justice. So I'm going to say right there, when you file a civil claim, you're doing it for money. Mm-hmm. That's not justice. That's court <laughs> system. Yeah, and and as we already said, she didn't go to the police until after the media. So mm-hmm. I don't. I I kind of am questioning that. But if she says, but if we had gone to trial, I could have lost my right to anonymity and have been victim blamed on a large and public scale. But most importantly, I could have risked losing the freedom to tell my story and that is worth more than anything so my immediately rebuttal to that is there was nothing stopping her from telling her story mm-hmm. in court under oath mm-hmm. she just selected not to before a jury of her peers because i think and we went into this in more detail in the past this past episode but to, i want us to actually we can compare the evidence mm-hmm. because it's pretty damning when you it see is. what she brought versus there's a 16 page document of evidence 14 mm-hmm. and a half pages of it is his yeah, and that's what I, I would like to say. When you said that statement, she said she wouldn't be able to tell her story. What that translates to is I would rather tell the media because I don't have to provide evidence. Exactly. I don't have to back it up. 
I get to just say slander and get you all to believe any salacious detail I want. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everything that transpired in the last 10 days before this uh here before the hearing and the trial date, which show you know which nobody's talking about they don't they don't want her to have to answer for that she's the one who outed her name if people mm -hmm. are using it she did that herself nobody else did that okay and the the other thing is that she just wants to be able to tell her story unencumbered by truth period and mm -hmm. to me that speaks of pr slander that pizza you know she's filing the civil lawsuit i don't want to i don't want a victim blame if she got a story to tell tell the story well, you had an opportunity to bring the evidence and all you did was file motion after motion to suppress evidence of your own tweets and conversation. If, if you've got nothing to hide, why are you suppressing your own conversations with people? So, yeah, for anyone who hasn't, um, I don't think we went into good, good detail on this last mm -hmm. episode, but in the final days leading up to this, she, she not only requested the court block testimony from multiple witnesses but she also requested that the court suppress her own communications from coming into trial with not just Nathan, <laughs> with everyone with everyone in all the cases yeah which yeah, completely just we'll get to that when we run down the evidence list list because i i think it's pretty compelling when you just listen mm -hmm. to what the evidence that he brought is um and what did she have she had not much of anything. She had a couple witnesses and I think a physician. She does. She's cool. She was going to speak on how she came to uh, remember. It looked like based on the witnesses, how she was going to uh, put forward, how she remembered um, the assault that she's claiming happened when she had no memory of it prior. Um, she was trying to do that timeline. And even the, you know, the evidence that she put before, before they even started the legal proceedings, the stuff she put out there, the timeline didn't match. Like, when did mm -hmm. you remember? But now all of a sudden I wrote a song about this, but apparently I wrote it about this, but like, I didn't remember. Until I didn't weeks remember later about that till weeks later. When so I was walking you, my dog, <laughs> how did you have the creativity to put it all into a song three weeks before you actually remember? Uh, she's a fortune teller, and and you know what? And I know it sounds like we're slamming her and making fun, and in a way, I kind of we am, are. That's how ridiculous I feel about it. It's just we've been reading. We've given her her due diligence. We've given her her shot, and this is what she's pulling at the end, and put out a statement like this it's insulting it it's insulting to people's intelligence it's worse when mm -hmm. you see it playing out in the media right now and they're totally ignoring what she just tried to do in the last 10 days they're totally yeah. ignoring all of that and just going with i was victim shamed I was put under pressure. I've been harassed. Where is this harassment that happened? I would like to see it because they've got evidence of all the nice well, here's, things. That, here's know, the thing. things that you said. Where is the evidence of any of this stuff that she's claiming? Not one shred of it anywhere. Yeah, there's not. But here's the thing. If she's listening, I'm not going to say your name, pop star singer. I'm not going to call you a pop star. I'm not going to say your name. But... You came out with your story publicly by name, and you even recruited your sister into it. And it was interesting that her sister, I don't think, was lined up to be a test to testify for. Mm -hmm. her. But so basically, she's mad that people put two and two together when they read the lawsuit, and then they read, "Oh, this is a statement that came out against Marilyn Manson." That same time, same place, same details. Mm -hmm. 
That's on her. There was no prerequisite for her to go to social media. She could have gone straight to law enforcement. She did not have to come forward on social media. She was colluding with the women who recruited her to come forward on social media. And the evidence backs that up, that she was in communication with them from September months prior as they're planning this saying the opposite she actually went under affidavit and said the opposite didn't she oh yes she completely lied she lied so like is this her protecting her butt from perjury charges and lying under oath or what like i you know there's two sides of the story and it's unfortunate that the media is only going to play one because it's sensational to put her statement out there as a victim but not actually to actually show the other side of the coin which is pretty distasteful i mean when are when are we going to stop accepting this from the biased media the agenda driven media yeah and one thing that i can take a little bit of glee in is that evan rachel wood has her hands all over this obviously and she's got to be unhappy because this isn't really getting much attention. Honestly, Marilyn Manson's spit case got a little bit more attention. Mm-hmm. I think people are tired of their intelligence being played by the media and not mm-hmm. into it. Evan Rachel Wood continues to lose followers on Instagram. She's just in hiding since she lost custody of her child. And I know that I've coming at her maybe a little strong, but it's just... It's ridiculous at this point, and it just, mm-hmm. it's insulting to people like you, to people like me, who really wanted to give their claims, you know, I, their due we diligence. Do. We, we want to do both sides of the story. We just want to be fair. Victim blaming isn't the term, Jane or Evan or whoever is behind this PR statement. The term is calling out lies when there are lies. And I, I it does, if you're telling lies, does that make you a liar? How is it victim blaming when you take her own statements? Because let's be sure. She's out here saying it. Everybody's slamming her for her name. Was it not her that went out and said those songs were about him mm-hmm. and why she wrote them? Was that not her under her own record title doing that? Yeah. She did that. We didn't. Nobody else was she doing that. Everybody she... else was trying to be respectful and, and <laughs> was actually, at least myself and several of the others that I, I that are around me, that I see, that I watch, that we deal with all the time and have conversations like yourself. We all refer to her exactly as she legally claimed, Jane Doe, mm-hmm. period. She don't want out there is telling everybody she wrote the song for this, that, and the other reason in putting, putting it all there. Yeah, she did it. I mean, I won't deny I I see people calling her by her name. I've taken mm-hmm. a stance that I won't do that because I am a believer in rights and mm-hmm. I didn't want Marilyn Manson to lose his right to testify at this trial. And so right. it would be utterly ludicrous for me to say, oh, but I want to take her right to exactly. privacy away. You know, yeah. I fair is fair. And so, you know, that's why we wanted you, Jane, to get a fair trial, bring your evidence to trial, show a jury. It wasn't going to be on the news. 
you know, mm-hmm. it was going to be a pretty closed courtroom. She was under a protective order. You know, there's really a lot of, I think, gaslighting and mm-hmm. grandstanding in this oh, statement. Exactly. If you go and read that statement, that is definitely a public relate. That's trial by media. That's getting everything out there again without mm-hmm. any evidence about it as if like he's doing like now it's all his fault to settle. Like I would, I would be curious as to who went to who first because I really don't think it was Manson going to them. They knew what they had to counter her allegations, and if you look at it, it was well countered, so embarrassingly countered that I, I believe in our last conversation, I said I would be very surprised if she did go to trial if that evidence mm-hmm. gets in, because that would just be an extremely humiliating uh, situation for her because every statement that she put on the record was mm-hmm. countered, yeah. not only by her own words, but by a witness. Okay. And for the record, for anyone who might think settlement means that Marilyn Manson paid her hush money, he's not paying her a dime Mm-mm. towards this. I get so frustrated. Maybe it's because it's towards the end of the week and, you know, towards the end of the week, you just, your tolerance for BS thins a little bit, but... This gaslighting that she and Rolling Stone, Rolling Stone, man, talk about, (laughs) talk about music, please. How disappointing was that? Here's like four or five paragraphs from her in there just getting to do the whole thing over again and not once mentioning why, you know, the whole couple of weeks that just happened and why she's backing out of the case. Even lets her talk about the humiliating deposition and, and as if you know, um, he doesn't have the right to attend those depositions where they do. Everyone has the right to face their accusers. That wasn't a special kudo that he got to do that no. or anything. That is a standard right of everyone. And let's not forget that she came out with a new claim then, which is what? It was, what, like three, four weeks before trial? Mm-hmm. She issued a new claim? Well, you see, she's allowed to do that. But since they actually told them a month before that about all of this stuff, that doesn't count. But she's allowed to make a new claim within three weeks or so or whatever. And they're not allowed to fight back on that. Like, I don't understand. It's like good for the goose, but not for the gander. I'm going to read through some of some of the evidence. I'm not going to read through all of his evidence because it's, it's, a, it's a lot. So he has the checklists, you know. For those who are familiar with the Elmagor, El- Evan Rachel Wood case, mm-hmm. the infamous checklists mm-hmm. that Elmagor was drafting on her iPad that her sister Brighton, who was on mm-hmm. a couple episodes back, um, handed over to Manson's team. You got to be really crazy, you know, awful if your sister is willing to mm-hmm. <laughs> go against you. You, yeah, you have to actually be causing damage to people. Like, I want to, like, point that out. Like, you actually had to be doing something pretty pretty damn shady and damaging to people in general mm-hmm. for your family or your friends to come out and say, hey, you know, like, you can't, like, stop that. <laughs> like, yeah. no. Yeah. You know? And, uh, and like, that work against you. You know, yeah. I, it's not it's not really my place to say, but I will say that iPad did not just house things against Manson. Elma, she was busy. Busy, busy. Mm, based on her history, that's yeah. not surprising to me at all. So that was the checklist. There was the apartment key because if you remember, she was bicking, bickering about he let me move in with him, and he's like, "No, I didn't." So I'm assuming that the key is probably some kind of a special key. We have email, text messages, text messages, text messages, photographs of the apartment because mm-hmm. you know she claims there's that silent 
soundproof room that doesn't exist mm -hmm. photographs of her at multiple events um and here oh this is this is a key one september 15th 2020 dm messages with evan rachel wood you know what was happening that very week they were starting on their little outreach oh yeah for that little documentary that they did air quotes run mm. documentary she they never talked to them before february right like right no, no. it's amazing mm. how you can wow. have a message with mm. someone you've never you talked know, to <laughs> this repressed memory thing she has it seems to cover a lot of ground don't it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. messages with another manson accuser messages with ashley walters mm. messages with Esme Bianco, video files that he was turning in, notes from therapists. I believe this actually might have been her counseling notes. So mm -hmm. I think they were disputing something within that because honestly, oddly enough, you don't really see her submit her therapy notes as evidence. But I thought she was going to be talking about repressed memory. Like yeah. that was the whole thing. Like she didn't know and now she knew. Yeah. Don't you have to for that? You have to have like someone come forward with like what yeah <laughs> she could have had a therapist like all along for all we know we just know that they may actively would if she did have a therapist we could comfortably say they actively made a decision not to submit any <laughs> you know yes um that's it tons and tons of photographs many many more instagram messages with the other women which by the way you know marilyn manson in the evan rachel wood case has not they've not entered discovery so he's not technically been able to do discovery in that case but because of the way these women all worked together they all were communicating with one another so he actually has kind of been able to do discovery in other ways through these litigations that they launched against him so he has a lot of these women's communications yeah and that kind of will help with um how erroneously the rolling stone submitted his civil lawsuit as only defamation and forgot to put it there the conspiracy and the fraud stuff mm -hmm. but, um, and here i'll mention this just because ashley walters um if you go back a couple episodes i introduce her and i'll be finishing that up soon ashley walter she was actually slated to testify for jane mm -hmm. and you know there she's got a ton of text messages in here with her that manson's submitting as his as his evidence but ashley when her lawsuit failed she put out like a similar grandstanding type statement but i just i wonder if these two girls because i mean do they really have pr or is it evan's team i'm just curious it's just me being nosy if you go by the civil suit that Brian Warner, aka Marilyn Manson, filed. There is this conspiracy there, and it is being run by Evan Rachel Woods and her team in Ilmogul. And it was a concise effort to run all this together. So it would state that while it's still going on, if that is uh, what was going on then, that it would still be going on now. They would have to keep tabs on all of the cases and what's going back and forth and where everything stands, you know. So, especially when I see the message that was put out in rolling stone that was crafted from uh jane does herself or her pr or whoever it was definitely hit to key if you read it it brings out all the points to just make it that she's not gonna ever get her justice because the big bad wolf won't even let her you know file a a, a a charge against him or is keeping her from testifying she's claiming to be intimidated and harassed and yet there's no evidence of any of that but 
just like always, it's a public relations statement to put out there to to just do trial by media. I find it such bogus nonsense because obviously as you do too but um it's just like the gaslighting of it and this this is more a direction towards any PR person that is involved here you know PR is my background that's what I went to school for that's what I did for a while but I stepped out of that field because it just was ethically gross to me some of the tactics that they pull and this whole trying to act like Going to law enforcement or sitting with a, a judge who is trained on trauma-informed care and a jury and a quiet room. To say that that would be more awful and you would suffer more abuse there than doing an article in Rolling Stone or on social media is ridiculous. That's a cl closed interrogation room with law enforcement. And I just, I find that line of thinking flawed and backwards. What I consider most to be the difference, and you could disagree, is one of those things is sitting under oath with cross-examination. It just looked so crafted. With you being in public relations, you can see in the statement, in the way that things are getting published, it is just definitely a prepared statement to make the biggest hit as far as, you know, I'm the victim here. I'm losing my voice, which isn't true. It is not. That's not the person who you attempted to lose your voice. It wasn't, it wasn't Brian Warner or Marilyn Manson who said you couldn't testify. It wasn't Brian Warner or Marilyn Manson who said you can't submit that evidence. Okay. It wasn't Brian Warner who said, you you know, he did attend a deposition. But I, I wanted to ask, when was that deposition that she's complaining about publicly now, but not before? Um, she doesn't want the real truth out there is why she, she's settling, because she can't afford for the evidence to be put before the people. Right. Well, that deposition was some time ago, so it took all this time. For her to decide that it's too much pressure, although she's been filing like crazy to keep uh, evidence out and to keep people not to testify against her own allegations, allegations she's made that include those people who are saying, you can't speak for us. That's not true. You can't yeah. say that. I can tell you Marilyn Manson did not want to go to court with her. He wanted to do probably not much of anything with her. I mean, like, she's the one who brought this case. So you brought the case. I'm sorry, but when you file a civil suit, you do have to, maybe they didn't think these, these things through, and maybe that's a crime of their attorneys for not explaining to them how much is involved in a, a civil litigation. But when you file a case, it's not just, okay, your complaint is written in writing and that's it. No, you have to sit for a deposition. You have to turn over your communications. If they contradict your story, well, maybe you should have thought of that before wasting everybody's time and flooding the court system. And every minute that a judge has spent on this case is a minute that a judge could have spent on an actual case of merit. And you want to talk about why our court system is so slow? You, you know what? What kind of voice is it if you have to take it away from others to do it? Mm -hmm. you know, two wrongs don't make a right. I mean, you know, it sounds so simple, right? It sounds like, oh, yeah, you know, you're wearing your rose-colored glasses and you wish the world was with that way. Yeah, I do. You mm -hmm. know, and I'm going to keep 
keep fighting for it that way. I'm going to keep looking at it that way. That you don't get to do all of this stuff to another human, be, you know, because you think like, you're in the right position or here. You're going to be held accountable for your actions. Sorry, but that's what played out here. Um, she just wanted the freedom to say whatever you want and not back it up. It, it just doesn't work that way. I am an essay survivor. I have no intention of ever suing anybody because I don't want anything to do with him. But I would be able to produce witnesses, testimony, corroborating evidence, records, that kind of thing. And I get that that is maybe a standard above where other people are. Because I want people to understand like that phrase, there's no such thing as a perfect victim is true. It mm -hmm. is true. But there are just because you didn't go to the doctor and get necessarily a rape kit, there are other ways to corroborate your story. Exactly. And so that is why they look at these other communications. What else were you doing at this time? Because it's all to corroborate your story. Mm -hmm. And when you look at this, you kind of get the sense that Okay, in discovery of her own evidence, not even her team could come up with something to corroborate her story. And, and, there, and yet there was so much evidence to not corroborate. Um, mm -hmm. the, the lack of the room that she says was there and that where everything happened, that it doesn't even exist, okay? Uh, talking about moving in because she slept over a night when there's multiple witnesses around at the same time that says, nope, that, that didn't happen. Like, I understand, you know, when you're talking about the repressed memories and everything like that, maybe she made statements before she fully understood some things going well, but she's standing her ground on them. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to put them down in an affidavit and you're going to file charges on someone, that person has every right to counter every word in the statement that you said. That is their legal right in the United States. Mm -hmm. Okay. That they are allowed to counter it. Now, is it, is it uncomfortable? Even I get uncomfortable. It's some of the questioning of, of survivors. Okay. Mm -hmm. That happens during trials is horrible. Horrible. Oh, absolutely. But do I think they have the right to actually ask some of these questions? Yes, I do. Are there actually in California where this is playing out? Aren't there great protection laws in how they can be questioned on stand and what mm -hmm. can happen? So to actually come out here and say that that deposition was so vile and grueling when everyone knows in California that couldn't have happened. It sounds okay. it sounds a lot like it didn't go very well for her case. I don't think it did. And that's why it's coming up again. Because mm -hmm. it, it, you, here's the thing. You, it's, it's almost like a plea for sympathy because like we don't want you to look too close as to the real reason. We're going to put this one out here first and make it look so hard. Because let's just face it. Are they not making it quite uncomfortable for anybody to even look any far? Farther than what they say mm -hmm. they're, they're they're shaming us and blaming us and saying we don't support women we're we're all like you know like simps and this and that and the other thing just because we want to look a little bit farther than actually the words that you said i do believe everyone has the ability to put their story out there and say their voice but there's a way to do it if you want actual justice why are you going to the media that's not justice that's revenge right okay. because then there's no right and wrong they don't get to defend themselves. All the damage has been done to this man's reputation already. And yet not one of them has been able to stand up in court and actually prove a damn thing. And yet look at what has happened. Look at all the damage that has happened to him. Mm -hmm. okay. This man, you know, 
I can't, I struggle to think of anybody and I, I, I trust I'm not like a Marilyn Manson super fan. I'm not. But when you think about the course of the Me Too movement, you think about Harvey Weinstein, a terrible, terrible mm-hmm. human being. Those women were really courageous and they brought it with their evidence and he is behind bars for the rest of his life where he deserves to rot. So justice is possible, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. And we have these to look at. We have a movement that made that possible, which shouldn't be thwarted and conversed and twisted into what they're making it right now, which is just a PR slander machine. Let's go out and try them by try them by the media first, and then we'll take care of everything afterwards. They know that's not the right thing to do. That's just as bad as silencing the victim. Mm-hmm. Okay? You're making it possible for the for the average person person who does not have the money or the influence or all of this behind them to actually get their justice mm-hmm. how dare you take that away from them just for spite for vengeance yeah. because you want to be right you're doing trial by media for what money bucks you know just revenge and spite you know because there's no real justice there and i ask them for all their damn righteousness mm-hmm. actually look at what you're doing and what's so damn righteous about it nobody's taking your voice We're asking you not to hurt other people, other survivors that need to come forward the right way. They don't have this opportunity. Yeah. And Marilyn Manson did not sue her for defamation or anything. She's the one who has come after him here, not vice versa. It's not retaliatory. If you want to pull up her social media history, there's plenty of communications from her indicating malice because, Mm -hmm. you know, even before she came out, even like August before she named him in February, she's putting out stuff, you know, she wants to burn down the patriarchy and, and all of this stuff. And then of course, putting out the song and the way that she did a week or so before she even named Mm -hmm. him, which was even that was like a couple weeks before she so-called remembered while walking her dog. But, um, it just, it's such an insult to our intelligence. It's insult to people who also really raised their voices in the Me Too movement because the Me Too movement was designed to raise collective voices and highlight there are people affected by abuse from all walks of life in every corner of the globe. Mm -hmm. This is such a massive problem and we're having a collective conversation about it. It Mm -hmm. wasn't me, me, me or that kind of thing. That's what it was about. And what it turned into though is like is just the voice of trial by media, you know, you know, believe we want to believe victims, but it's not like just believe them just because you say so. No, you can't do that in a court of law. It just doesn't happen. People ask me why I, I like cases so much because outside of Manson stuff, I follow a lot of cases, as I know, and you do as well. And I feel like the reason I primarily like cases in the courts for my like day-to-day reading or current event type news is because I'd rather read the court documents because mm-hmm. even though you can put bogus stuff in a court document, it's better than the media. And so, and that is why more and more people are seeking out alternative um, voices on YouTube or whatnot, reading court documents more and more. Mm-hmm. And that is because the media is pushing this in a way that's just so... Agenda driven. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's making it very difficult for anyone to speak out against it because they're wielding their might and they're coming at you in force. And uh, 
but it, it doesn't matter. They can say whatever they want. Everybody has the right to look at it as a whole picture. And I don't think that they can actually say they're presenting the whole picture. No, and I'm sorry, the Rolling Stones like one of the most guilty of them right now. And Rolling Stone, um, I, I, I feel like I might have to make an entire episode on Rolling Stone because I've, I've done a lot of research into them and I have a lot of thoughts. But what really griped me about or bugged me about this article today is they said that, you know, this other Jane Doe case... This is only outstanding one against him and blah, 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 and repeated her claims. And newsflash Rolling Stone, that lawsuit was never even served to the defendants other than Marilyn Manson. Marilyn Manson was only named in two causes of action in that lawsuit. There were a total of five, but it mm -hmm. certainly got front page news with Evan Rachel Wood breaking it at the crack of dawn on a Monday morning after mm -hmm. like a holiday weekend or something. Like, mm -hmm. hmm, that's not Jeez. suspicious. Why was Evan Rachel Wood so personally invested in this one? And, you know, so, and then that got spread around like wildfire and it's never even been served they missed the deadline to serve it and manson they filed in june um a, a really well put together motion to strike and dismiss but you know they were waiting to see if the other parties were served and now it's just a waiting period to see what happens next well in rolling stone they hired um tomas mir is his oh. name and tomas mir wrote the people magazine article with ashley smith line you know obviously that story was recanted when she came out and testified for Manson, but mm -hmm. who continued to write about that case for Rolling Stone? Tomas Mir. Oh, oh, great. You guys are putting the man on it who wrote a bogus story. Right. And who who she actually says twisted a lot of what she said. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so like here they are. He's got allegations against him, but he's allowed to just keep there, go spouting his words out. You know. You know. And Ashley Smithline, she was set to testify in this case. I did chat with her today. I don't like. I don't want to ever talk about what we personally discuss. Mm -hmm. You know. But um, because I like to protect her right to her privacy. You know, she did things the wrong way. She's not asking for anybody's sympathy and is doing things the proper way not mm -hmm. through the media that kind of thing but yes she still stands every bit as much by her testimony in february of this year as she did the day that she wrote it and, and i have to give you credit because they're all trying to silence her they talk mm -hmm. about silencing the victims well here's one okay and why are you trying to silence because she's yeah. their victim i mean we can always use it's my favorite example because who doesn't love rihanna but remember when rihanna had johnny depp at her like lingerie show and all okay. of a sudden all these women were bad mouthing her about that who is a very a well documented survivor. Sur yeah survivor mm -hmm. it does totally support this attitude I have now that the whole Me Too system has been corrupted. What started as a good thing has been corrupted by a few of these, like, it's like a, almost a vigilante. It's like, right by any means, okay? We will get it out there and destroy it, like, and do what we got to do by any means. Not following the justice system, not trying to make real change for all survivors, okay? For all the voices, okay? And not just women. Because they come out and say, we got to believe all women, even their statements and their PR and the way they run it. They forget about everybody else. You know, men get assaulted too. Sorry, that's a fact. But, you know, we're not allowed to talk about that, right? We're not allowed to say that legislation has been slanted to say women and children in regards to Me Too, but totally disregarded men as if they're the only ones doing the abuse. Not true.
they are not the only ones doing the abuse. The average man has been in a relationship with an aggressive woman at least once in his wife life and has been hurt. <laughs> okay, and the odds are getting higher and higher and the numbers are climbing and climbing because they are starting to talk about it. But we're not allowed to talk about that, right? We also don't talk much about, do you know who has the highest rate of suicide? Men. Mm -hmm. White men, white middle-aged men. White middle-aged men. And, but nobody talks about these men's mental health mm -hmm. or what it could possibly be like for them. I can only imagine being, I, I actually, I can't even imagine being canceled on a scale that Marilyn Manson was in a day, watching your career that you built overnight or decades dissolve overnight over nothing but words on Instagram provided with no evidence, no charges, no investigation at that time. And so then all of this is going on. Then you've got police helicopters swarming your house two days later remember because ilma gore called in that yeah, we're not allowed thing. to talk about that though are we you know like they actually mm -mm. broke the law hacked his things it's all you know all mm -hmm. documented she actually admits she's the one that called and pretended that she was a friend of his yeah concerned about him. my my friend i've never met the rocks yeah <laughs> never seen never <laughs> met him my friend my good friend i'm worried about their mental health like you need to go check them out i don't know who the hell he is but you should go check brian, them out right. brian yeah, okay. answer the door <laughs> i know we're making fun but that's how ridiculous it is because when they try to take we, uh, here's the thing you can't go around saying Freedom voices. Everybody gets to tell their story, but you're only talking about a few. Okay, who else did it help? What other things yeah. were able and, to come forward? And to Jane, to Jane, and I'll say this to Ashley Walters. I'll say this to Esme Bianco. Are you girls not tired yet of being used as Evan Rachel Wood's pawn? Because that's all you are. Really want change for the system to work for all survivors all victims to be able to have their voice and have their day in court with their with the accused okay they have rights too that you do the fair play and not this pay for play bullshit that's happening now because it's it, it's just it's not right two wrongs don't make a right if you were really wronged it doesn't give you the right to do it to somebody else and i i again back to her statement what does she mean? It's so important for me to be able to maintain the right to share my story, mm -hmm. but I won't do it in court. I only well, want justice, but I'll, I'll go to the media because there's <laughs> justice in the media. No, there's not. No, there's not. Mm -mm. There's, there's your 15 minutes of fame. There's a bankroll. There's a check at the end of the story for you. There's a little bit of revenge. There's some petty shit going on. I'm hoping it makes you feel better, but you're the one that got to sleep with that at night, boo. That's not justice. That's not going to, and you know what it doesn't do? It doesn't keep, if you're really worried about him being such a damn monster doing this to so many other people, how are you keeping him from doing it by not using the legal system? How are you doing that? I'm reading her statement again. I was fully prepared for trial. Were you? Is that why you were scrambling to try and dismiss all evidence against you? I mean, if this case went to trial and she got her way, it really would be like he and wasn't her pre presenting at all. Actually says the opposite. Says we're not ready. They right. only gave us a month. We don't have time to yeah. propose. Oh boy, I call foul. We're not prepared. The, both their previous suppression and their answer to the counter for the suppression of evidence. All, all of, that's all it says over and over again.
we're not ready. You can't, we can't go forward with this evidence. You've got to kick this evidence out. We have not had time to prepare. So the next sentence in her statement said that she has, for the past two and a half years, silently endured threats, bullying, harassment, and various forms of intimidation that have intensified over the last few weeks. And as I said, I'm not going to deny that I have seen people pick up conversation of her as this case is approaching. I were you and I both are sat here. We're not calling her by her name. We're trying to protect her. I don't want to dispute that maybe she has gotten some. I'm sure she comment. has. Mm -hmm. People have weighed in on it uh, on the media, so I'm sure she has. But I I don't believe it's coming from the defense. Yeah, exactly. Because that was what I was going to say. Marilyn Manson, Brian Warner, the human being, is not responsible for. I was going to say Jane Doe as an example, but we have a Jane Doe here. So Sally Jones, we're not, he's mm -hmm. not responsible for Sally Jones behavior, especially if he doesn't even know Sally Jones. He doesn't employ Sally Jones. She's in a different state. She's in a different country. And you can't blame him for that. If you really wanted anonymity and were so concerned about this, why did you come forward publicly and participate? And I would have more respect for her if she said, look, when I came out, I, I didn't anticipate it would be this way. You know, it just some kind of honesty would be nice. Look, I really thought I would win, but my case is falling apart. So I really, I, I, I said this in the last time we talked, I did not see her going for, it was too risky for her to go forward with the amount of evidence out there, mm -hmm. even in public opinion. If, all right, say like in any of these other lawsuits, those correspondents get released, it just makes her look terrible. You still get to go to her deposition and counter everything she said by her own words. I mean, long-term thinking ahead, it was going to be bad. It was mm -hmm. really going to be bad. When you have to argue that I've got a claim against the... um the age and the mental status and how this actress felt in a video, but I'm not going to let the actress who was actually there doing the video <laughs> speak on it, but I'm allowed to like, I've never talked to her, but I'm allowed to speak and make allegations against Brian Warner about this, but I'm not going to let you call her in as a witness. Cause that would look bad for me. Well, mm -hmm. that's, that's what did it for me. Like right there, like right there. I want to make them look bad in court by showing that video, but let's not talk about anybody who was part of it who has a different opinion about what happened. Let, let's not let the other opinion in there at all. Mm -hmm. Let's just use the let's just use the sensationalism of it because if you look at the character of Marilyn Manson and you put them in front of the average jury, they're going to be like, "What is that? Like, what's going on here?" And mm -hmm. and and you can believe the worst. I mean. And I'm not, I don't mean to say anything bad about Brian Warner. I'm not. I'm saying the character that he plays makes him an easy target Absolutely. to think the worst. An absolute easy target to think the worst. And they're capitalizing on it. And you could tell by the way they're playing this out in the courts. And it's not just her case that I've seen this in. They want all the sensational stuff in, but they don't want anything that counters it to go forward. Not one. They want to play in front of their jury for sensationalism, just like they're playing in the media for the sensationalism of it, because they want every all of us to try him with no evidence. <laughs> they want us all to just think, oh, well, I don't like that music. He's a, he's a contrarian. 
He's 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 on the edge. He's like, I don't agree with his lifestyle, but that's not what's at stake here, is it? <laughs> like, you don't have to like his lifestyle for him to have rights to defend himself. I mean, that's how our country is. <laughs> that's our foundation. And Rolling Stone, um, they should be careful because they have. Granted, this is before any slap statues have strengthened, but they have lost a pretty major defamation case against, um, I think it was Virginia, a university in out here on the East for a sexual assault. I think it was 2016, 2017. So they have a history of this type of stuff. But what I want to know is where's the attempt to even be objective? Because as you said, she repeated all of her claims in his mm -hmm. in that case that that article. Mm -hmm. Okay, I know that they could get. I'm sure Manson's attorney could have given them the court documents. I'm sure if they wanted to read through it and report mm -hmm. on some of Manson's case. In Who knows? His, they may have. They just don't take the time to do it. They yeah. They probably did, but it it's not in line with their agenda but i guarantee mm -hmm. if something was in manson's case that wasn't strong and it, it was like a total gaffe on his part i'm i guarantee they would publish publish that it's that they don't publish the very credible valid evidence and testimony that's factual they're, they're setting the movement back they're ruining what could have been a, a very decent progress for true legislative changes right. but all the states in line about what actual consent is in the statute of limitations and try to get like a, a blanketed consensus on how it, the process should yeah. be but no they don't want to put any time and effort into that they're going to get behind some sensational actresses with agenda I told you I don't like ever disclosing my conversations with smithline but here's something i feel smithline would be well she she wouldn't care if i said anything it's just me mm -hmm. I, i'm chronically polite but um well jane joe might think otherwise <laughs> <laughs> oh, only because we're not towing the line right. and we really, but smithline yeah. and i have had so many conversations about you know what would actually be in, helpful from the me too movement or whatnot. And that's where the conversations that were initially happening were great, but they've gotten derailed by things like this. But, you know, as sad as it is, we obviously know abuse happens to educate people on what it means to be, you know, to make a report. What does that look like? I've seen people, I feel, say, and they very well, honestly, I think they may have been genuine saying that when they initially made their police statement, they didn't realize that their every single word was, you know, going to be set in stone. And that's the type of thing that would be so helpful to educate people on. Like when you make a report, maybe I, it's wonderful to report, but don't rush it. Really think through what you want to say. Remember, get your thoughts together. You know, educating people in a constructive way, the more education and awareness happens, hopefully abuse would subside. I don't, I mean, it's been probably too few years since mm -hmm. Me Too launched. Well, I mean, it launched in the early 2000s, but since it really took mm -hmm. off, it went viral. 
Have you seen, have there been less or more essay type cases or abuse cases? I mean, you hope that conversation is good and things well, slow down. So I do believe that perhaps people feel more comfortable talking about it. Well, the last statistics that we saw, like in based in some other trials that I've that have the statistics from psychologists and therapists and stuff is that the percentage is still pretty small of who actually will actually put it down and go through the court system and actually come against the the accuser and, and come forward. It's still a very very small number, and I want it to be you know bigger. But with all of this kind of going, on, I don't see how it's going to uh, come forward. And we want their voices out there, yes, but I don't think the media is the way to do it. Some, it's a personal thing. Uh, everybody has to make that choice. What's going on? Some of them, they don't want to go to media and or the court system because they don't want to speak on the shame of it. Like they feel uh, from all of the statistics and all of the studies that have been done, the immediate shame, you almost blame yourself no matter what. Okay. Mm -hmm. And because you've been treated less than and you're like, you know, how did this happen? And it's not, it's an individual thing to go through. And I can't see anyone wanting to do it in the media and not actually get their justice. I mean, because you're still getting your stories out there. You're still having everybody look at it. Why not go through the justice system? You know, because it's just, it, your story's still going to be out there, right? They're still going to know who you are, especially if you go to the media. I know. It's like, because I... As I'm sure you as another woman, you've probably been in situations where you feel uncomfortable and you mm -hmm. get it. Like that type of stuff really exists. And that's why I think these conversations from Me Too are positive because it's kind of made people realize, hey, you know, I, I, I realize that, you know, I didn't think that it was making somebody feel uncomfortable. It's true because we're putting out there these microaggressions that we automatically just accept because we don't want to make a big deal out of it that actually foster the climate to have worse things happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I speak on that a lot, actually. I, I truly do believe that when we talk about it, it's okay for the boss to come and put his arm like at the small of your back mm -hmm. when you're a woman, but he would never do it to a man. That that is a type of thing that it just adds permissions that don't actually exist it puts acceptance we don't actually feel out there mm -hmm. okay we're uncomfortable right but if we said anything they would be like ah you're making a big deal out of it i didn't yeah. actually do anything to you and i'm like you know what but i have my three feet personal space i have body autonomy like you're treating me less than it. and i'm sorry mm -hmm. like, that's that is what that is and so they're fostering this culture by you know, by when we don't talk about these little microaggressions, we don't talk about these kind of things, okay, and say that that made us uncomfortable. And you know what? This is what it leads to. This is how you made it feel. This is how you're fostering that culture that we are less than, and it's allowed to happen to us, mm -hmm. you know, which causes the whole reason why the numbers are so astronomical and no one feels comfortable coming forward. I've seen a lot of good come out of like in the small communities so i try to think okay well hollywood is in its own stratosphere <laughs> you know like we it's in its different planet right like are things somewhat still level in our local communities but 
I don't know. I Then there's also always the thing of, what? Well, gosh, if this is happening to international celebrities, what is it doing for people who are just the average man who mm-hmm. might not have steep pockets to defend himself across four different lawsuits hitting him at mm-hmm. the same time? I can't even imagine. They just wouldn't be able to, you know, to get rid of things. They'd be agreeing to things they never did. They'd be trying to shut stuff down just to carry on with their lives. Um, they'd be labeled and persecuted uh, no matter what. They, their lives as they knew it would be over. They're not going to be able to fight back. You're right. And, it, and that's why I, I liked it. Another thought that I had was like, who is actually benefiting here? Because can't you just look at it right now and say, it's not the media taking advantage of these women also? It's not mass media banking on this suffering, they're not helping anybody else come forward. They're not adding to the cause. They're not doing a damn stuff but making money on other people's suffering. And uh, <laughs> it seems like nobody's really talking about that, right? Because that's just the status quo. People need to start asking them to do better because unless you demand it, it's never going to happen. No. In- unless you start saying it's unacceptable then it's acceptable i think that you know that is something that i think is valuable about these conversations and like what i was saying what smith and i will talk about educating people more because Mm -hmm. it there there was a veil of i don't want to say total silence like it was you know an extreme like dystopian type silence against abuse type thing but there was more of a culture of not really thinking you could say anything and not that you have to make a big deal about everything but you can just say if somebody's getting close to you or you know making you feel uncomfortable maybe you feel more confident in saying that they're making you feel uncomfortable or hey excuse me or and this is something that i think is a really beautiful aspect of the me too movement that i have seen on multiple occasions is men stepping in to not necessarily defend, but to support a woman who might be being, you know, approached by somebody a little too strong at the bar or something like that. And men standing up to other men with sexist comments and that kind of thing, probably in the same vein as how, you know, you and I feel like we probably can call out women more than a man could call mm-hmm. out a woman, you know? Right. Um, oh my, can you imagine if men were <laughs> at a podcast? If they tried to say anything that we say tonight, they would get so <gasps> slammed. It would be like, oh, the patriarchy, they're just keeping women down. Like, no, like, oh my God. There's a, yeah, it would be very slandered. Because we get the same thing. they like, what, what's the matter with you, Claire? Do you want to be a man? Like, why are you beating up on women? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not trying to beat up on anybody. I won't to see the whole picture is that so wrong like i want it to be a fair playing ground like for everybody like is that so wrong and i really true want absolute advocacy for victims and survivors and i don't want this fake advocacy going on where it's only for them somebody at one of these outlets is gonna have to at some point be like hmm do you notice that we like nobody reads our stuff anymore with me does it not matter because they're like well we gotta we gotta you know stick with our advertising dollars right but your advertising dollars i mean you're advertising to less and less people you're losing your relevancy and i i want journalism to thrive i mean we we went through and we've 
seen some magazines continue in print, but we already have gone through a shift of print media dying. I don't want journalism to die. I like no. journalism, real journalism. Yeah, I just wanted to do better. Maybe I'm, you know, like I said, rose-colored glasses, but I do remember parts of journalism where it's like, you know, make sure you ask the questions that, that delve into both sides of the story. Make sure you're not being biased about one little thing and you're only taking it from one source. I mean, who does one source journalism? Like, that's just lazy, in my opinion. You can't write a freshman high school essay with only one source. Exactly. <laughs> I would have got, I would fail. You would get kicked out of class, English major, right? Mm -hmm. I would get kicked out of class. And that's high school. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, but professionals actually doing it because it's, it seems to be the status quo now. And that's all they have to do because nobody is demanding that they do better because we still sap it up. We're still reading it. We're still buying it. We're still doing it. So as long as we don't say we want better, this is what we get. It's a shame because there are a lot of very gifted writers out there and we could be living in a, a better time because we have, we all have more access to information than we have ever had in the history of humanity and it's like we're just getting dumber and dumber and the quality mm -hmm. of our journalism just gets more poor and more poor and it's like how did we all end up with all this information at our fingertips the fact and that it's so diluted exactly mainstream media could do a google and in 10 minutes they could find out just as much as you and i know about any of these cases but they refuse the fact that the average person could do a google on anything that they read just to fact check it or anything else mm -hmm. the information is there nobody cares to even double check it no they just do not anymore and that's a shame that that's that's, no, to me, that's it's, a shame. I'm just not going to believe something just because somebody tells me that that's the way it is. Because you're this way. Whenever there's a lawsuit filed, I have either one of two reactions. Do I care about the person in the case at all? And if the answer is no, then I just leave it at that. And I don't read the mm -hmm. articles. But if mm -hmm. I do, then I go out and get the court document myself and read the lawsuit. And then I wait to read the response to it. Because anybody, as we know, can put anything in, in a lawsuit, you know, mm -hmm. it doesn't mean that it's going to make it to court, but it definitely, it can make it to the media. They don't care. I've even learned to wait for the trial. The burden of proof yeah. in the media is basically non-existent. It's like even the stuff right now, as far as the evidence that we say Jane Doe didn't want to put in, right? And we know, we know based on the filings, what... Brian Warner and his team wanted to put it in, mm -hmm. but we don't know if that would have made it to trial or not. And it would have been a big difference either way, right? Like, and we would have to only go with what we saw in front of the jury as to the jury can only go by what gets presented, you know, mm -hmm. but that's, what's fair. That's what's fair for both. That's what makes it fair for yeah. both, both the accused, both the plaintiff and the defendant. I look at life as a football game and so all the time. I love that analogy, but it really works out well in court cases because the litigation process is so long. You might win a couple motions, you might lose a couple motions, and it's almost like playing each play towards a down, you know, and that kind of thing, getting incher and inching closer towards trial. And like you said, you really don't know until ultimately what gets put before the jury because the judge will evaluate to what the law is, what gets in and what does not as evidence. And then 
the jury is the fact finder in the situation. That's how it's supposed to play out, not in the media. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's slow. I get it. Justice doesn't work as fast as Rolling Stone publishing a hit piece, but... It's the proper channels. It is because that would be fair. Like, why do you want a system that's not fair to both parties? And I understand it's tough. No, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy for victims of abuse to go through this process. It's not. It really isn't. But it is the system that we have and we got to actively try to change it to make it better for you. Yes. But trial by media is not the way to do it. Everybody should be talking about it, actually. Everybody should want that system to be better for everyone. Obviously, the media has final say of who they run and who they don't. Mm -hmm. I don't know what the process is, but I'm pretty sure if they had a meeting and spent about an hour carving out some criteria of what they would want in terms of checks and balances to better present these cases and to make sure that factual information gets out there and not just misinformation that's put in as a salacious detail within a lawsuit. I'm pretty sure they could come up with something better than what they are doing right now. We would hope yeah. that they would, you know, but, um, but here's the thing. I, I do believe that they all can tell their story. If they choose to go to media, I guess that's what they do. We all get the right because, you know, we all have, freedom of speech but we don't have freedom of speech without accountability so don't expect us to say hey where is the other side of this story Mm -hmm. hey where's the evidence to back up all these salacious and horrible claims that you're putting on somebody i mean that's just the other side of it they have to be prepared for that it's you know yeah you don't get a free pass just because you ran to the media yeah and i i mean to to jane's point of harassment is Mm -hmm. anything that's not flowery praise considered harassment yeah it's like when you take two statements that you made and compare them and they contradict each other so because we point that out that's harassment and you know anybody can make an allegation but you don't have the right to make an allegation without scrutiny you know if you're going to go to law enforcement they are going to evaluate and fact check your claim and that's that's a benefit to you it might not feel like it But it's really so somebody can't accuse you of a crime you didn't commit and you waste away Mm -hmm. in prison. It's a protection. I know that they, the certain feminist groups try to present this like it's a big hindrance, but it, it is designed as a protection. We shouldn't be lowering the burden of proof. That could really get to dangerous positions. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's my fear, too. Is that uh, not the the accountability just isn't there? Nobody seems to be able to put anything. They could say any of the words they want, make any of the allegations they want, and they're not being required to back it up with any kind of evidence. Now, I'm not saying that victims can't come to court and just give a victim statement. I've seen successful trials mm-hmm. with just the victim taking the stand and saying what happened, and that should be allowed. Okay, and let the jury weigh that out. But that's not what's happening here. I'm not saying that she had to produce, you know, or anything as far as physical evidence. That's not always required in these kinds no, of cases. No, no. If, if you can actually put forward a reason as to why not, and actually, you know, the individual process of whether you could actually physically do that at the time after just being assaulted, it is a whole big thing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like to say you have to have this, this, and this to be able to do that, it's just not true. 
there are many vehicles in, in place in many ways uh, for this to go forward using the system that we have, mm -hmm. which is not perfect. Absolutely not. It needs lots of change. But actually circumventing it is not going to make those changes. It's not going to make it better. Cutting corners will only make things worse. You know, it really, it really would. And I mean, do you really think she feels like she has justice at this point? No. Does she help the justice of anyone else with what just happened with this one particular case? No. It's just generally a collective waste of time and money. Almost 2.5 years for what? It, the Rolling Stone thing she said that she's getting some kind of insurance settlement. I'm sure it won't cover the cost of her legal bills. I don't know if she had some kind of arrangement with her attorney. You know, we don't know what their retainer agreement was, but she, maybe she'll end up losing money on this. And then I guess that would be a consequence for making false allegations. It's so sad, too, because she, she didn't have to do this. No, she didn't. I mean, we don't, I wouldn't want to say I understand being in her shoes if you did get repressed memories or something that happened to you and you need to find a way to deal with that and to wrestle that and come to your own terms on how you're going to approach making that right in your world and the world around you and um, going forward. Uh, that's an individual choice that no one should take away from anyone. But there are processes in place. And <laughs> they were all circumvented, as far as I can see. Mm -hmm. um, and they were done on purpose. And they were kind of done a little bit backwards. Like, you know, all of that came out. The, all of these conversations happened in 2020. And then in 2021, this mass amount of allegations come forward in a very organized. Nobody could say. No one looking at that could say that that was not an organized mm -hmm. and very structured hit on every platform. Come on. Really? I mean, come on. That was quite obvious. It's not like they all woke up one day and just decided to tweet on the same day <laughs> or go to a YouTube channel or put out a press release. Like, no. That's totally unbelievable. Yeah. And, um, and it's also totally unbelievable that all of that correspondence you had with all of the people prior to this coming out that did do the dropping of all of these bombs had nothing to do with it. That's just totally unreasonable for you to ask us all to believe. I feel like this is going to be an issue that we just aren't even going to still be talking about in five years. It's just so sad how much yeah. things have gotten off track and there doesn't seem to be a real push from anybody other than individuals like us to get it back on track. Right. In you know, we're all, we're not out here trying to make millions of dollars or doing anything like that. I'm really just speaking what I think is the right thing for the process, like to honor the process and, and the legal system that I have great respect for and that I just love reading legal briefs, not the salacious details, but just the process itself of how the whole, whole thing is to be balanced, you know, the whole judicial system in general, you know, and to, so they can have their justice. 
you know, most of the conversations I have since I've been out here, I wanted to focus on the statute of limitations in consent and how that changes from state to state and what work needs to be done and how confusing it can be and why things happen the way they have. Those legal snag points that happen in these trials all that don't seem fair. Um, you know, even in civil cases like what happened in Carol v. Trump in New York, mm -hmm. okay, um, to where the definition of what the R word was was the different the difference between what got paid out. Although the jury did take it in their own hand to say the definition didn't fit, but that doesn't mean assault didn't happen, and they took it further. And thankfully that they did, but that could have just been dropped mm -hmm. because because of wording and language that needs to be cleaned up and uh, be better suited for the actual thing that happens <laughs> you know um, each state does it a little bit differently and that's their right I get that but there needs to be a little more consistency and understanding in protection for those that are assaulted or are victims and survivors you know mm -hmm. making, making the system better can only help them you know because uh, apparently the, the numbers are so astronomical there's a lot less that we can do about preventing it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> We're hoping that education and more people speaking out and what's right and wrong and our understanding of consent and more people like, you know, being held to task for going too far in conversation, in touching of bodies, you know, uh, without permission, all of it, like even the microaggressions, it all leads towards better education, like you said, and understanding to help, you know, s s at least try to lower those numbers a bit. All right. I'm going to wrap it up because I know we've yep. like beat this up. We could, we've, we could go I forever know. and we shouldn't. Like, like we should round stop. Round three. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll leave it on this. Do you have any words that you would want to say to Marilyn Manson? What I want to say to Marilyn Manson is that although a settlement may look like a loss to most people, in this case, I think it's a win. Mm -hmm. um, because I would say that you did not... Just let it go forward. You did do your best under circumstances. See, a lot of people don't know that he wasn't even able to find evidence to defend himself. Right. Which is another whole other part of the case. So I'd say just throwing that little kernel in there, I would say kudos to you for fighting back with whatever you had and, not ha and having the dignity not to do, well, if you tag me, I'm tagging you. Mm -hmm. Like, if you do this to me, I'm doing that to you. To try to do it the right way, using the system appropriately from astronomical odds that are against you. Stay strong. Um, if, <laughs> if you didn't do any of this, then keep fighting. Mm -hmm. Because it, <laughs> they've already taken everything they can from you. All you have now is your integrity and your word. So keep, keep fighting for it. Uh, because there are people like myself who want the whole story out there. And I'll eat crow if they can prove a damn thing mm -hmm. against you. I definitely will. But I'm just saying, I'm sorry that you have to be the one, but they tagged you in. So thank thank you for fighting back. Yeah. Okay. That, that's it. And I know those are weak words, too, because they're not going to do anything for him, are they? You know? When I saw this news today, I thought, you know, I'm so proud of him because he came into this situation with his hands tied between a rock and a hard place. The DA is giving him a very raw deal mm -hmm. and his legal team has, you know, done a tremendous job putting together a strong defense for him on, you know, little access to his property from the time. 
I just, I think it's really tremendous also that as much as these women have, will say and have said horrible things about you, Manson, or his wife, etc., that he has maintained class mm-hmm. and integrity throughout this entire process. And I think that really says a lot about the type of person that he is because he could not, I, I don't know if I missed it, but I did not see a documentary of bashing these women. I did not see him on the news or anything. He put out a simple statement, but he has not called anybody any names. He has Mm -hmm. not sued anybody for the things that they said about abuse. I know the media likes to get that wrong, but he really hasn't. He didn't sue Evan Rachel Wood over abuse allegations even. It's conspiracy to cause Mm -hmm. this whole thing. I hope he continues to just lean into the art and getting back to mm-hmm. what makes him happy and living because mm-hmm. I think it's time at this point. Not once did Marilyn Manson's team, Brian Warner, or his team come out and say they can't talk. Mm-hmm. And yet that is the narrative that they keep putting out there. Mm-hmm. Show show me where they did that. Show, show me. Because the only one not talking is Marilyn Manson. And silence is, is proving to say a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe that when false allegations are made about you, you don't have to speak on it. It's up to the accusers mm-hmm. to prove it. Well, there's there's one thing that I've I learned in my education with PR was that silence cannot be misquoted or taken out of context. True. And that is so true. His silence has been really tremendous and his wife has been silent. You know, everybody has really just kind of been respectful in this process, Mm -hmm. honestly, except for these, these women. You know, I just hope that they stay strong. I'm sure we'll have plenty more to talk about. Kelly, thank you so much for having me. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, These conversations, like, I have many of them, but I have to say it's quite enjoyable with you. You you know know your information. It's great. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, no, it's great. And yeah, we'll have to do more of them. I'd even happy be happy to come in your channel and not even talk about Manson. Well, yeah, I think mm-hmm. uh, you're welcome anytime. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen you in the chat, but I I hate like throwing that link out there and being like mm-hmm. pressuring everybody. But I welcome all conversations on this, even the other side. Like, hey, you know, the the anybody wants to come speak for anything else that happened here mm-hmm. or, or what we're pushing against, I want I welcome the conversations, respectful conversation on the issue. Just be well informed, mm-hmm. you know, and. Uh, you know, make sure we're talking about the same thing, and I'm all for it. I've not been able to get anybody to actually want to speak. Exactly. Like, <laughs> they're just like, yeah, well, I, I don't like your attitude about this. That. I said, my attitude or what I'm saying? Like, what is it that I'm saying that you don't believe is true, that you'd like to conquer? Because, come on, let's, like, let's actually talk about it. But very few will, will do that. For better or for worse, down what another. We've, we've got, we, we, yeah, they're dwindling. They're dwindling. Another one know? bites the dust. Yeah. Thank you again for tuning into the podcast and keeping an open mind. In between episodes, find much more information and updates at justiceformarylandmanson.com. There you can also find links to join my monthly newsletter, which will provide case updates for you straight in your inbox as well as, of course, links to social media and a whole lot more.